the title of my message today is, Are You in the Center? Are You in the Center? That's the title of the message today. We're going to read from 1 Peter 5, verse 8 to 9. It says this, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a, like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand, excuse me, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. I want to let everyone know from the outset that in life we have, yes, a relationship with God, but we face a very real enemy. And the devil is out to get you. He does not want you to live a great life. There's an enemy to our lives, and that is the devil. He doesn't want you to live a good life. The Bible says he wants to destroy, and like the Scripture said, he wants to devour your life. This Greek word that we find for the word devour is a word called katapeian. It, it means to literally swallow or drown. So if we put that into context in this scripture, the enemy essentially wants to swallow or drown your life. So we have to be aware of this, that there's a real enemy out there with, with demons trying to stop us from living a good life. The devil desires to devour you, to cause real and lasting harm to your life. So this is why the scripture says we need to stay alert and be aware and stand firm in the faith. So this is an encouraging message this morning. And what I've experienced over the years is I've been in church 21 years now, is that people who are on the fringes of church, who are on the edges of what's happening in church, who are just a bit wishy-washy with their faith and are never really involved or in the center, they are usually the ones uh, where it's dangerous for them and it's a dangerous place to be in. Those who are uh, casual with their relationship with God, I don't know if you've heard the saying, casual Christians become Christian casualties. Right? So all of us will face challenges, but the ones who are on the fringes of church, who are on the fringes of a connect group, who aren't getting involved, usually they're the ones who are most likely to be devoured or who are most likely in a dangerous place. So what do we need to do? What, why is this message important? I think it's so important because we need to get serious and prioritize our relationship with God and prioritize connecting into the life of the church. Can I get an amen? So I spoke last week about feeling overwhelmed with the struggles of life and all of us will face struggles. All of us will have attacks of the enemy and don't blame everything on an attack of the enemy. Sometimes you just need to go to bed earlier and eat healthier. Sometimes that is the enemy that you face, right? Is choosing a healthy diet and going to bed a little bit earlier. Oh, it's the devil. No, you just need to have a good sleep. That's it, right? So don't blame everything on the devil. But there is uh, the enemy who does want to destroy your life. But we need to, instead of feeling overwhelmed and allowing ourselves to be picked off by this roaring lion, we need to help that by being connected into the church. And when we're connected, like I said last week, it's where we can find help and where we can reach out for help. 
Hard to reach out for help when we're on the fringes and no one knows who we are. Hard to reach out for help, which was my point last week, when uh, no one knows if we're going to be here or not. No one knows what we're going through. It's hard to get help when we're not in the center. And look, I just want to say many people have issues with church. The church isn't perfect. Our church isn't perfect here. As much as I'd like to say it would be, Pastor Lisa's looked up, what do you mean it's not perfect? It, it's, I know, we're, it's not perfect. Uh, and no church is perfect. And many people have experienced hurt and pain and, and, and different trauma from being a part of churches. Uh, that is, that is, is totally normal. I understand that. But that's no reason to stop going to church or to not prioritize church in your life. Just because you ate one bad apple doesn't mean you gave up apples for the rest of your life. Right? It makes sense? Just because you had uh, one bad experience with something doesn't mean you've given up that for the rest of your life. And what I've found in church is I've seen my life change in amazing ways through being planted and trying to be in the center of God's house. This is what I've found church to be. Church is a place of healing, a place of hope. It's a family, somewhere where I can be challenged, somewhere I can be encouraged to grow and change, a place where I'm able to develop, to learn, where my life can be restored, somewhere where I can make lifelong friends, a place where I met my beautiful wife, where I can raise my family and become the man that I am today. It's all because I've been locked in the center of the church. So no church is perfect, but I would much rather be in the center than on the fringes and allowing the enemy to get at me. So this is the church, and I want to encourage you, it's something you need to be in the center of. Amen? Everyone's quiet this morning. Are you just listening very intently? Is that what's going on? You're all ready. All right. So today I want to share a few thoughts and ask you, are you in the center? Are you in the center of what God says or what Jesus says He's coming back for? He's coming back for His church. He's coming back for His people. So my first point is this. Church, we need to remember that church is made up of people. Church is not a building. Okay? Church is made up of people. Church is not a building. Church is not something that you go to. Come on, let's get this. Church is not something that you go to but it's something that you're a part of and something you are helping to build. Should I say that again? Church is not something that you go to. Church is something that you are a part of and something that you are helping to build. Remember, you are a key part and that you have a key part to play. I want to read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14 to 27. 13 verses here, people. Let's, uh, oh, sorry, 18 to 27. It says, our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. The preacher can't say to the hospitality team, I don't need you. Sorry, that wasn't in there. The parents can't say to the kids' workers, I don't need you, because we need them, amen? In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. 
And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes harmony for among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Now, many of us, we have this idea that church is a building. And we're saying, right, it's, it's just interchanged with the word. But we've said that, you know, we're building our new church. So, yes, we're building the new facility where the church, us, will meet. Right? So, yes, we're building a building which we will call church just because of our, and I could explain one day why both things are called the church, but we won't do that this morning. But uh, we, we would say that, but our goal is not to build a beautiful building. And yes, there's amazing cathedrals all around the world and things that are built to the glory of God. And so it's not bad for us to have a nice building because we come to church dressing sharp. We want to honor God with our lives and with the building and all of these sorts of things. But if our goal is just to attend and build a beautiful building, we've missed the point, right? So church, if we aspire to that, we're entirely missing the point of why God created church. Church is a place where everyone is welcome, where everyone brings something, and everyone has a part to play. And I love that our church is made up from people of all walks of life, from all different backgrounds, no matter what's gone on in your life, no matter what happened yesterday, no matter what childhood you had, or what country you come from, or what upbringing you had. Everyone is welcome and everyone is important. Amen. So you might be saying, well, you're saying I'm important, Pasolene, but I've only been here five times. How am I important to the church? Or you're saying, well, I just had a terrible week and I was swearing and I was bad to my children and I wasn't, I just got fired. How am I an important part of the church? Or maybe I've just come back to church and uh, I've been sleeping around and I've been drinking and I've been doing this. Well, how am I an important part of the church. You might be asking that. I don't help out anywhere. What do I do? Why am I important? And this is why it's important to know. You are important because you can take the reality of God wherever you go. That's what the church is. The church is taking the good news of Jesus into wherever you go. You have God's presence ready to give out in your workplace, in your school, in your university, in your family, when you get right with God and say, Jesus, come into my life. Yes, we make mistakes, but Jesus can use you to bring the reality of God as the church, as his body out into the world. That's why you're important. What we do here is important, but it's not as important as how you live your life out there. Sometimes we come and we just want to be Christians in here, but God's asking us to be his body out into the world. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of, the, are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? So when we come to church, this isn't the most important day of the week. Can we get that? Right? So it's important for us to be here, but I pray that you would be encouraged, strengthened, uplifted, 
filled with God's presence and then go out in your week and keep that going and then impact the world and impact your sphere of influence with the Spirit of God. Amen? So I, we, we, Pastor Lisa and I want to see you discover your destiny and that happens when you're in the center. When you're in the center, you are trained by Christ to be like Christ. Okay? So Pastor Lisa and I aren't the... We don't come to us for everything. You've got to go to God and you've got to grow in your relationship with God so that you can become more Christ-like. Ephesians 4 verse 15 to 16 says, We will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So as we're planted in the center of God's house and playing our part and planted, God can start to do something incredible in our lives. So as when you come to church, I want to encourage you, here are some ways that you can show your support in church each week. Do you want to know what they are? How, what, when you come to church each week, this is what you can do to show your support and get in the center. Right? So the first one is be at church regularly. Be a faithful member in God's house. Don't come one week, oh, I missed the other. Oh, yeah, I, I had something else on. And, and oh, yeah, I had this on. Oh, I only came once this month. Oh, yeah, oh, I haven't been for three months. No, try and come regularly. Be a faithful member of God's house. I'm not saying you can't miss a week of church like Pastor Justin praying for his wife last week in the hills of Rwanda, you know. Ishmael, that was amazing. I couldn't have thought of a better way to frame that. That was incredible. You know, so it's not that you can't miss a week, right? We're not religious about our church attendance. It's not, you're not going to be in sin if you miss church, but we're trying to be at church. We're faithful members too. We're being friendly and welcoming. To everyone, you could be here second time and you can be friendly, can't you? You can be welcoming to the person here for the first week. Right? All of us can be friendly and welcoming. We can come prepared and engage in what's happening. All right, come prepared and engage in what's happening. This is why coming to church late is sometimes not helpful, is not sometimes, is never helpful. Right, because when we're all entering in in praise and worship when we've been here early and you're coming halfway through or you've only come during the offering or something, you've missed this whole service. Every part of the service is built up until this point. And then you're coming halfway through, you've missed all of the things that have led up to that. And you're coming in and uh, someone's trying to share something that can change your life and you're still trying to get your head together. Where was my drink and what happened here? Who am I sitting next to? What's going on? So coming to church, being prepared and engaging in what's happening, not only helps you, but helps others as well. Sacrifice. The next thing you can do is come and sacrifice. Ishmael talked about sacrificial giving. There's giving uh, of our finances. There's our time. There's our words. There's helping out. Come and sacrifice. And the other thing you can do is bring others. You can evangelize. You can reach out to other people and bring them to church as well. So if you're saying, how am I an important part? If you can do one of these things, you're an important part of our church. And you can bring something 
And God can do something in your life. Amen. So we are the people. We are the church. So these are helpful things that you can do and how you can show your support in church. Amen. So the second thing is God's house is a healthy family. We're going to rush through this now. Church is a place where we belong. In a world that's, if we look out in the world, our world is craving identity. Our world is craving uh, belonging. The God's house is a place where we realize that we belong, where we find our identity, where we realize we're worthy to be God's son or daughter. And God's plan has always been to adopt us in his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. That was God's plan. He wanted to adopt us into his family. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 5 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us in his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. You know, we're all brothers and sisters here. We're all one family. If you're not in the center, you will find it hard to get the support needed from your other family members. When you're not in the center, you will find it difficult to find the ident- your identity and your value in Christ. You will always be thinking, am I a part of this? Am I loved? Am I really a son or a daughter? But when you're in the center, those fears and those doubts and those worries start to become less and less. You know, the world like we live in today, like I said, many people have experienced different types of family upbringing. Some have had uh, great family experience. Others have had more traumatic family experiences. And many people through your upbringing has caused you to have a certain outlook on life. And so how you treat your family is different. I talked about this quite often, how I uh, act in Pastor Lisa's family. I've learned things which my family didn't do, and I actually love it. When Pastor Lisa and I first got married, I never bought Easter eggs for her. And let me tell you, at Easter, and that was not very good. I was like, what do you want Easter eggs for? We're adults. Why do you need Easter eggs? She said, no, we do it every year as a family. We have an Easter egg hunt. I was like, yeah, but, but we're adults. Why do we do that? And then I saw what it was like. All the family comes together and the Easter egg hunt is something small, but it's the family gathering of getting together, which was important. For me and my family, Easter was like, oh, yeah, if I can see you, I see you. Oh, if not, so don't worry about eggs. And we just would blow it off. But it's because our family wasn't so much connected where we wanted to encourage and inspire and help one another. So I've seen that in the family and I would laugh and, and I would, I, every year after that, I've always bought Easter eggs, okay? Let's just get that straight and I love it. And, and I miss not being av- having the Easter egg hunts with Garth and Sue at their house. But uh, I, I love that. But a certain way that you've been brought up means that when you come into a family, you can start to make new traditions in your new family. So you might be coming in here and you've come from a damaged childhood or a damaged background and you're saying, well, oh, I don't want to get too close to people because the last time 
someone in my family, they hurt me or they betrayed me or they did this and they did that. And so you don't want to get close into this family because of how you've been brought up. Or you don't have a great relationship with people and you find it hard to connect because you found it hard to connect in your own family. The good thing with the church is you can choose to make new traditions in this family. In this family, you can start to learn and grow and change, start to get help and reach out for help. Amen? So we're going to rush through a few things, some keys to a healthy family. Healthy families communicate and spend time together, right? In church, we do this through meeting together at God's house regularly, like I said. We do this through being a part of a connect group and serving one another in God's house. You know, we talk about connect group and serving. They're two great ways that you can feel a part of what God is doing uh, at church. You can prioritize being in the center by being involved and getting involved in the different things that we do. So healthy families communicate and spend time together. Healthy families love and nurture one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Like I said, it's hard to be nurtured when you're not around. It's hard to be nurtured when you're inconsistent and not in the middle. It's hard to be nurtured and loved when you're not doing those things. So I want to encourage everyone, get in the center and allow the family, God's house, the the body of Christ to be a part of your journey of growing and changing. And I pray that you would be inspired to get in the middle. Amen. Healthy families protect and speak well of each other. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14 to 15. I'm going to read this in the message. It says, gently encourage the stragglers. Oh, that doesn't sound good, does it? Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted. That sounds a bit better. Who's exhausted in this place? Don't have to raise your hand. Reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Here's one, everyone. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs. And be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, hang on, here we go. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Ah, That was too loud, Christina. Come on. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Come on, this is what God's house is all about. This is what a healthy family looks like. That we all play our part. That we all encourage one another. That we don't snap at each other when when we get on each other's nerves. That we're patient, attentive to individual needs. Don't look at the whole. Don't come to church and go, oh, wow, this is so big and so many people. No, look for individual needs. Look for someone who you can reach out to. And look, my last point is this. The worship team can come and help me. My last point is this. This is the power of the church. In God's house is where we will flourish. So we're a people, not a building. We're a healthy family. And it's when we're planted in God's house, it's where we will flourish. When we allow our roots to go down in church, it's guaranteed we will grow. Come on. Notice what I said is I didn't say it's guaranteed you won't have problems. Um, It's not guaranteed you won't feel overwhelmed. Come on. It's not guaranteed that you won't have challenges and heartache and, and breakups and and different things, and you won't get on with everyone in church. It's not what I'm saying. But you will grow. 
What did we say last week? James chapter 1, through trials and tribulations, consider it all joy because it makes you more perfect and complete. So in God's house, we will grow. It's not that we won't have issues, but it says this, even in the challenges, this is what happens when you get planted. Psalm 92 verse 12 to 14. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Here we go. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. If you're planted and if you're in the center, you will flourish. Might not happen straight away. Change might not happen immediately. But your roots, once they start to go down deep, you will start to flourish. You know, I think about Pastor Lisa and I, all we're trying to do is be planted and flourish. I think over the last 21 years of me being a Christian and the last 10 years of us being married and 12 years being together, what I've seen Lisa and I do is just we've tried to remain planted. We, try, we haven't been shaken. And yes, it hasn't been easy and there's been moments where it's been tough. And most of the times when we've been challenged and we felt like leaving church, it's come from inside church. It's come from someone we've been hurt by or someone said something about something. But it's in those moments where we say we are going to be planted no matter what. When I've had the challenging conversations from someone where Pastor Jared would challenge me to change and grow or someone else would speak to me and I didn't like it or I didn't like how I was treated. I was like, no, I'm going to remain planted. And look, we're not, we haven't made it yet. We're still every week, we're just being planted. Our roots are going down in God's Word. We're, that's all we're trying to do. And as we do that, we can start to grow and change. And I want to encourage you, whatever situation you're going through, whatever's happening in your life right now, choose to be planted in God's house. We hear story after story of people going through challenges and different situations. But how do you remain strong? By being planted. By being planted in God's house. There's so much strength in being planted. Many of you know I, I used to work with my dad and I used to do gardening and all of these sorts of things. And I have stories after stories of how I would do something in the garden and I would see God's wisdom coming out through nature. I would see it in trees and in grass and I would see all of these things through watering and all of this sort of stuff. I would see so many of God's principles brought out in nature. And I think about this, if you buy a rose, and Lisa's mum Sue has got a beautiful rose, uh, rose bush all at the front of her house, which she treats beautifully and it looks lovely. But if you buy a rose and you put it in a, in a pot, you would expect it to flourish and grow as you regularly feed it and nurture it, right? You would think this, this is going to grow. However, if you kept moving and repotting the plant every couple of weeks, it weakens it and it prevents it from putting down roots and growing into the beautiful rose bush that God had intended it to be, right? In the same way, if we keep moving churches, going from one family to another, inconsistent in our faithfulness, or we just come and we're in spectator mode and we don't get involved and we're not nurturing and 
caring for our spiritual walk and we don't get in the center, we will never put down our roots and grow into what God has called us to be. So we have to choose to get in the center, to get planted, to let our roots go down deep, to water it, to allow other people to sow into us and to feed us and to help us. And when we do that, we will grow. So I want to ask you again, are you in the center? Are you in the middle of what's happening? Are you connected to the life of the church?